When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. It's Stangy Law Firm. We represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri. Welcome to Disney Deciphered, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, we go over my last-minute trip to Disney World last week, talking about what I did with my three-year-old son on a whirlwind trip and some tips that you can take with you on your next trip to Walt Disney World. In part two of coming next week, I'll talk about all the new things that I tried and saw at Walt Disney World. Find all the episodes of the podcast at DisneyDeciphered.com. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you find podcasts. And we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a positive review. Connect with us, DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, on Twitter, at WDWDeciphered, or on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As the Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes. And welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So, as I said last week, I took an emergency trip to Walt Disney World. So, we took the trip down to Walt Disney World, my son and myself, and uh, it was a great trip. We had a lot of fun. So, what we thought we'd do is, it was a short time, but I learned a lot and also did a lot. So, we thought we'd break my trip report into two separate parts. On today's episode, we'll just talk about the trip itself. And on next week's episode, we'll talk about the things that I noticed had changed at Walt Disney World. And both episodes should have tips and tricks to help you for your upcoming trips. Sound good, Leslie? Sounds great. I'm super jealous that you managed to squeeze in this trip here in February. Um, and uh, sorry for for your Super Bowl loss. <laughs> it's okay. I was I was ready for it. Yeah, so. we all were. We all were. <laughs> Speaking of that, I wanted to just say that I ended up, well, number one, I, on the last episode, I said that I would be leaving Thursday night. So I have JetBlue Mosaic status, uh, which means that I can change flights on JetBlue for free, which is a good thing because I thought that I had booked the flight for Thursday night, but I actually had booked it for Friday night. So whoops. So that was a fail number one on this trip. And you call yourself a frequent flyer. (laughs) Yeah. So I think the problem is that I had too many flights booked since I could cancel them all for free. But anyway, thankfully I had mosaic status. It didn't cost us any extra. What we ended up doing is I think I said originally we were going to be there for three days, um, but instead we left Friday afternoon, hung out Friday night, and then we only went to the park for two days, Saturday and Sunday. And I bought a park hopper instead of a one day per park ticket. So did that turn out to be the better decision now that you have the benefit of hindsight? Yeah, I think so. It's pretty interesting. I think all of you who have kids know this, but kids are different. And my when my daughter was three, I could put her through the force march of happiness, as we like to call it. And we could tour the parks for two, three days, go hard, and she would be okay. But by maybe 4 p.m. on Saturday, I realized that my son was already lagging. So I think having a shorter trip uh, ended up working out better for him. That's good. That's very true about the kids being very different. My my oldest daughter also got the Force March of Happiness trademark. Disney is ciphered. Yeah, my, my younger guy falls apart much more quickly. <laughs> so maybe it's a gender thing, Joe. Maybe you guys really are the weaker, weaker sex. So No arguments here. No arguments here. <laughs> 
All right. So where did you decide to stay? I know you were making reservations, canceling reservations. You kept checking as we always do till you find a good hotel. Yeah. So I did end up staying at the Hyatt Place Lake Buena Vista as planned, probably the only thing that happened um, as planned. Although I did, I know I said that I had spent $25 extra for a family room, but I actually canceled the cash reservation and I just booked one night on points and I had a free night as well that I booked. Both those free night bookings were only into the standard room, but I actually emailed the Hyatt Place and was like, hey, we'd really like to check out a family room. My son would be really thrilled um, just to have bunk beds in the room. So if there's any chance that you can put us in there, um, please do. And also I had to ask them to combine the reservations so we didn't have to leave our room. So they wrote back, they said they'd do their best. And that's the last I heard of it. But when I got there, I checked in, went to my room. Indeed, it was the Hyatt Place Lake Buena Vista family room. So it had a queen bed and two bunks and a couch. This is the first Hyatt Place room I've ever stayed in that is different from like the cookie cutter Hyatt Place. And so we had the two bunk beds, which was great. My son was really into playing on it. He didn't want to sleep on the bunk bed, but um, he played on it. So I, it seems like a great room for families, honestly, and something that I will revisit again in the future. So did you end up checking for other Disney hotels in the process? Yeah, I mean, I really did want to stay on site if possible. And so a couple of hotels opened up at rack rate. Port Orleans Riverside came online for like $250 a night. And then the Beach Club actually was on sale, quote unquote, for like $370 a night. Um, And the Beach Club would have been great because we were going to spend a lot of time, planned to spend a lot of time at Hollywood Studios in Epcot, but uh, ended up passing, decided to save the money. And so did not end up staying on site, which ended up being fine. One last thing about the Hyatt Place, they are doing this new thing where breakfast is only complimentary if you're a World of Hyatt member, which also means you can't book through Priceline or Expedia or something like that. Just a heads up for people, signing up for a World of Hyatt membership is free. So do that before. Usually, you, a lot of times you can beat the price on Priceline if you just go through Hyatt's website and keep checking, like we said. Um, so you know, make sure you get that free breakfast because I saw a lot of people being turned away at breakfast or sadly walking away when they realized they'd have to pay $15 for it. That's a bummer. Yes, always sign up for all of the hotel loyalty and frequent flyer programs that you can because I don't think I know one yet that charges a fee. All right, so let's talk parks. Um, what did you do on Saturday morning when when uh, you started your, your first Disney day? Yeah, so the Hyatt Place is about 15, 20 minutes away. It's actually only like a five-minute drive from Disney Springs. So to get there or to get to Disney from there, you can actually go along that um, road. What is it? I think it's um, Lake Buena Vista Drive, which has actually all the hotels that are, quote-unquote, the Disney Springs hotels, like the ones that get the extra magic hours and all of that. So it was not a far drive. So what we did is we started at Hollywood Studios and I had the park hopper. So my original plan was to hit up Hollywood Studios and then go to Epcot um, for the day. I don't think we quite made rope drop, but when we got in there, we were we kind of just walked straight in and we were walking along with the masses that were kind of beelining towards Toy Story Land. I'd say we'd ha- we were halfway through that group. So we weren't there for the rope drop, but the mass had not fully moved in by the time we got there, which was around 8.40, um, and then started making our way down Hollywood Boulevard. So went straight to Toy Story Land, and the whole time we were walking in this mass, I was like, are you sure you want to do Slinky Dog? Are you sure you want to do Slinky Dog? And my son said yes uh, multiple times. So uh, we got straight into the Slinky Dog line, which was backed up almost all the way to Woody. So if you know Toy Story Land, when you walk in, there's 
a big statue of Woody, you know, saying hello, howdy. And so the line was backed up almost to there. So how long do you think we waited in that line before we uh, rode Slinky Dog? Yikes. Um, <laughs> that scares me thinking about that. Uh, I mean, that sounds like an hour to me, but it's always all the way back to, to Woody. But I know you don't stand in hour long lines. So tell me what it really I was. So <laughs> I think it would have been an hour, but I think that I can't confirm this for sure because obviously I wasn't going to like leave my three-year-old holding our place in line when I went ahead to see what was going on. But I think they hadn't opened up the queue yet. Like they had people queuing up like past where like the normal fast pass entrance would be. Got um, it. So it was not as long as, you know, it, I, I think they might do that to make it feel longer to dissuade people from going. So we were on the ride by 9.15 on Hollywood Boulevard by 8.40 in the, Slinky Dog Line by 8.45 on the ride by 9.15. So it wasn't too bad. That's not bad at all. For people who are willing to rope drop, who can't get the fast passes for Slinky Dog Dash, then, you know, rope drop is definitely, sounds like it's the way to go. And and you you did go, in all fairness, it was not a particularly busy crowd time. Is that right? Yeah. So that's the interesting thing. It ended up being a 7 out of 10 on touring plans. So uh, it was more crowded than I expected it would be. I think maybe because it was the weekend and the um, Epcot's Festival of the Arts. But uh, you know, it was more crowded than I expected. Yeah. No, I've, I've, I don't think I've ever heard of February dates being quite so busy. Yeah. I mean, a lot of things were going on. Well, I'll tell you about Slinky Dog first. Short story is I was fully prepared. I think I messaged you this, something to this effect. You know, I was prepared to wait in that 30 minute line. And at the end for my son to completely chicken out and just have to leave. So I, was, I just kept telling myself, don't get mad. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. I don't know, Leslie, what would you do? I would never get in the line because I know my son would chicken out. So you're already ahead of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so we wrote it and he basically the whole time was like, as the ride was going, he's like, too scary, too scary, too scary. Just saying that out loud. He's just saying that to himself the whole ride. Um, but then we were done. He survived. He was okay. No permanent damage done. That That is a, the mark of a good Disney day. I guess so. While I was waiting in that line, I actually was using the refresh fast pass technique that we talked about in episode 39. And I grabbed alien swirling saucers for 935 while we were in the slinky dog line. So we went straight to that. My son loved that ride. That was a success for sure. Yeah, that was a hit with my, with my son as well. So that's, that's a great one for the toddlers and preschoolers, I think. For sure. He loved that. And talking about the crowds, I saw this a couple times, but for example, Swirling Saucers was only running one of the sides at that time. And like, you know, later on in the trip, I saw Dumbo was only running one of them like early in the morning and stuff like that. So I think that definitely was kind of Disney shutting things down, down a little bit so that they can save a little bit of money on cast members. And then the lines were like a little bit longer. I like saw stuff like that throughout the trip. Yeah, and, and Disney, we know, was doing that about this time last year and with disastrous results. So maybe they have are doing it, but not quite as much, hopefully. Yeah, I wouldn't say it was like unbearable, but it's definitely like a little bit longer than you would think. Great. So what was next after you hit both of the new rides in Toy Story Land? So we went to go say hello to Minnie and Mickey. So that's kind of right by the sci-fi drive-in. There's a character meet and greet there. The wait was only like 10, 15 minutes because it was still pretty early in the day. Then we checked out the new Disney Junior Dance Party, which replaced Disney Junior Live. Um, we'll talk about that next episode, just kind of my impressions of that. And then we were pretty much done with Hollywood Studios. We actually went to Star Tours because I was like, hey, do you want to go on a Star Wars ride? It's kind of bumpy. But um, he was about, you know, two fingers too short uh, to ride that ride. So we didn't uh, get to go on that. Um, and so, you know, we walked around Hollywood Studios a little, bought a popcorn bucket because my friend was coming in 
the day after us. So I was going to, I, so I gave him the popcorn bucket so he could use it, you know, so we saved money that way. And Cheap. then, um, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's only $2 refill. So we right. do. And I'm not, I'm not the backside of magic guys using the same popcorn bucket for three years. I know <laughs> that's next level. Yeah. So yeah, other than that, we wander around Hollywood Studios a little. So we're pretty much done with Hollywood Studios by 11, 11.30. And then I mobile ordered food at ABC Commissary because I figured he would not survive the walk to Epcot without eating. Um, and so, you know, we ate at ABC Commissary. It was fine. I think the food has definitely improved there. I think I said that when we were there in August as well. You know, he was happy with the food. I mean, the first of many, many macaroni and cheeses that he ate uh, over the course of two days. Don't tell my wife. Good thing she doesn't listen to the podcast. It's a very good thing. It's a very good thing. And then we were done. So then uh, we started walking over to Epcot. Okay. That sounds like a successful morning in uh, Hollywood Studios. So you walked to Epcot. I, did you have a stroller? I have to... <laughs> or did your three and a half year old do this? Oh, yeah. No, I, I had a stroller the whole okay. way. Yeah, this kid's so lazy. When when Even when he's not in the stroller, he wanted me to pick him up half the time. That's why I just knew I had to have that have the stroller. You know, oh, it was really nice. Actually, at Slinky Dog, they took the stroller from me towards the end. That was nice. I didn't have to get out of my line after rope dropping to drop off the stroller. So took him on the stroller, uh, you know, walking along Crescent Lake, as we've talked about before. And I thought it would be pretty bad because of construction and definitely the construction by Hollywood Studios is still bad. Um, you know, the Disney Skyliner is getting built and I saw the station for that but you know once you get past hollywood studios after that five minutes once you get to the boardwalk it's really nice you know there's no construction all the way from there all the way to epcot so how long was the walk in total i think i did it in about 20 to 25 minutes i was taking my time because i really wanted him to take a stroller nap which i know he's capable of doing but he just essentially refused so this was the point where i was like maybe we're not gonna last uh as long in the parks as we thought. Because originally, you know, Illuminations is going away, as we've talked about. So I want, I'm not sure if I'll be back. So I want to see Illuminations one last time. And I was like, oh, we should keep them out. I want to keep them out to 9 p.m. But it was kind of around that point. I was like, we're probably not going to make Illuminations. Yeah, that was a, a, a fair guess. All right. So what happened in, in Epcot when you got there? Yeah. So the short version of Epcot was he just he just wanted to ride the monorail pretty much. That's that's a short version. So we only did two things in Epcot. We checked out the Festival of the Arts and there's the paint by numbers thing. So he did the paint by numbers thing, but you know, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but essentially the brush is like falling out of his hand because he's so tired as he's trying to paint his four numbers. So I'm like, oh, this is bad. And then we went to the I had a fast pass that I grabbed for the Disney character spot. And so we met Mickey, Minnie, and Goofy. Oh, that's that's not bad. So was it killing you to be in Epcot and getting to do so little? Yeah. So essentially, I just kept repeating to myself, the trip is for him. The trip is for him. The trip is for him. Because, you know, we didn't even get to ride Spaceship Earth because the line was too long. Because um, it's like right around that lunchtime where a lot of people come in and there's just like a lot of people in the line. You know, I think it was like 25 to 30 minute wait at that time. So I'm not going to wait 30 minutes for Spaceship Earth. So this is the point where having a park hopper really paid off. Because instead of having to stay in Epcot where either there was too long of a line or he just wasn't into it, I was like, hey, do you want to go ride the monorail? And in my head, I was like, well, I know that we can ride from Epcot to the Magic Kingdom without having to go through security again, which is pretty huge. Epcot to Magic Kingdom is really the only uh, park-to-park transfer where that happens. And so we rode the monorail, and he was happy as a clam to ride the monorail. And that really perked him up, and he got his second win. 
Good, good. So for those of you who have transportation geeks as kids, then uh, this is your savior. I mean, seriously, I didn't have to pay any money. We could just rode the monorail all day and, um, (laughs) you know, save a couple hundred bucks. How to do Disney on the Jeep. (laughs) Ride the monorail loop. Did you end up going to Magic Kingdom then after riding that, riding the monorail? Yeah, so we got to Magic Kingdom around like 3 p.m. and we stayed there till like 8. Um, And so... You know, the whole day I was just just refreshing fast passes. I think Magic Kingdom is like the best place to have that fourth rolling fast pass because, you know, I just kept refreshing fast passes and just kept getting rides. So we rode a small world, we rode Dumbo, we rode the people mover like multiple times because that's like his favorite ride. Apparently, uh, we saw a bunch of characters at Pete's Silly Sideshow. So, you know, we just did a ton of that day. And that wasn't even our planned Magic Kingdom day. Like I had fast passes for the next day for Magic Kingdom. Um, he rode Winnie the Pooh for the first time. I grabbed that by a uh, fourth rolling fast pass. And he loved Winnie the Pooh. So Winnie the Pooh and People Mover, I think, are, you know, tops for him. A real adrenaline junkie, your child. I mean, my daughter is still scared of the Winnie the Pooh. So, you know, I'm going to give him the edge on this one. <laughs> Baby steps. Okay. All right. Well, that's, I mean, three parks in one day with a three-year-old. Uh, that's pretty epic. And uh, at what point did you call it a night? Yeah. So we had dinner and then rode Small World one more time. We ate at Columbia Harbor House. I wanted to try new places for the podcast, but it's like try new places for the podcast or make sure my son doesn't have a meltdown. And I had to go with the latter. And also... I knew at Columbia Harbor House, I could get him some salmon and broccoli. And so he wouldn't be eating mac and cheese. And that also keeps my wife happy. So that's why that went out. We ate and then we went on Small World one more time. And then we went uh, back to the hotel. All right. That sounds like a like a great first Disney day. Let's real quickly go over day two. So the funny thing is, um, I think I tweeted out on Saturday morning. I was like, okay, this kid's still asleep. Should I wake him up or should I rope drop? And so what I ended up doing was like I coughed really loudly and he woke up. And so that's how we basically made rope drop on Saturday. On Sunday, however, you know, when we went to bed, I was like, if you wake up early, we can probably ride Winnie the Pooh twice. And so he's like, okay, okay. So he went to bed and then at like 6.55, he just woke himself up and he was like, Winnie the Pooh. He was ready. Like he, he, he had learned his lesson. He had a taste of Disney and he wanted more. All right. I like it. Exactly. So we ate breakfast and we were in the security lines by like 8.15. And then, you know, we were there for like literal rope drop this time. We were standing with the ropes. So one thing to note for that, so most people are obviously going to Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. And there are two pathways that lead you to walk up to the castle. And then to the right of that, there's one that goes like towards the teacups. That's where everyone lines up for the rope drop. And there's a lot of people there and only a few people going up towards the castle. And I figured when I was there, there must be a reason why. And the reason why is before they rope drop, like drop the literal rope, there's a show um, where Mickey and friends dance at the castle. So they don't drop the ropes going towards the castle until maybe a minute later than those other ropes. So that's why people wait on that side. I don't know. Maybe that's a little too into the weeds. But you know, if you really want to drop that rope correctly, you got to go towards that right side, not the direct path towards the castle. Every minute counts at rope drop. So that's that's important to note, I think. Well, it really does because he said he'd ride Seven Doors Mine Train, but by the time we got in, um, the line was too long. Oh, I should also add that we were there on a day where there was early morning magic. So normally I think they would rope drop around like 8.40, 8.45. They didn't let people in until 9 o'clock 
like on the dot because early morning magic people paid seventy nine dollars. They're running around fantasy land with nobody there, riding seven dwarves mine train like a hundred times within the hour and 15 minutes that they have that's from 7 45 a.m to 9 a.m so they did not let other people into the park until 9 a.m on the dot got it so yeah it's important to check the calendars for events like that always because it does change the usual practices yeah definitely because a lot of people were going in at nine whereas like if you're there at 8 40 there's less people there so we roped up winnie the pooh i had a fast pass for that later at 10 so i made good on my promise to um, let him ride Winnie the Pooh twice. We also went straight to the Barnstormer because he did say he wanted to try another roller coaster. Again, said it was too fast and too scary. But hey, he asked for it, so we went. Still haven't gotten my kids on Barnstormer, so ahead of me. It's not the greatest roller coaster, so. No, it's it's really not. (laughs) I haven't really sought it out, to be fair. So there you go. (laughs) Yeah. So a couple other notes. I won't go through everything that we did, except for to say that we wrote Small World and People Mover multiple times. You know, when you have these little kids, it's nice because you can go on these like small line rides. Like People Mover, the line looked huge, but we never waited more than 10 minutes, even though it's sad because People Mover used to always be a walk-on. But every time I've been there recently, there's been a line. But the line moves in 10 minutes. And Small World, you can pretty much pick up a fast pass for that Anytime you have a fourth rolling fast pass, at least until like the mid afternoon. We did those a bunch of times. Uh, we rode the Little Mermaid ride. If your kids like the Little Mermaid ride, do that at Rope Drop because it takes people so quickly. Like we could have ridden that four times within the first like half hour if we wanted to. It said 10 minute wait, but the 10 minutes were just like literally how long from the entrance to walking to get to the clamshell. Like you didn't have to stop at all. And then, like I've said before in the past, our kids really like Pete's Silly Sideshow. Normally you meet Minnie, Daisy, Donald, and Goofy, but currently Minnie is doing a meet and greet with Mickey at um, Town Square. So it's Pluto wearing like a magician's hat, which is really cute right now. That opens at 10. So we quote unquote rope drop that character meet and greet at 10. Um, And so... My son got to meet his favorite. For some reason, his favorites are Donald and Daisy. I don't know why. Maybe because they talk funny, or at least Donald does. Um, so we got to meet them. So that was cool. So you got lots of photos of him not not smiling, right, with the uh, characters? Oh, my god! Isn't gosh, that the issue kid, that you had? This kid does not smile. <laughs> this kid will not smile. I asked him. I was like, hey, mom asks if you're having fun. And he's like, yeah, I'm having fun. Then I was like, and then she, so she says, why aren't you smiling? And he's like, I don't feel like it. And then I was like, she says, if you're having fun, can you just smile? It's like, no. And that was oh, it. Oh, so, tough crowd. Well, I, had to, like, I, I had to like tickle him to get him to smile in some of these pictures. Oh, my gosh. Oh, well, you know, the things we do. As long as he was having joy on the inside, even if it wasn't showing on the outside. All right. Well, take us out for the rest of your trip. Originally, we we're going to supposed to fly back Monday morning, but... Just because of everything and because of my JetBlue Mosaic status, as I said, I changed my flight to Sunday afternoon and that turned out to be a good thing. I actually surprised my wife and daughter, um, the one that was still awake, when we got home. Like we just snuck in. <laughs> when the plane door closed, I was texting my wife and I was like, got to go have some fun, be right back. And then three hours later, I just walked in the front door. Um, so that was pretty fun and pretty exciting. Uh, if you ever take your kids on a solo trip, which I highly recommend. And you have another kid at home. The reunion is always very cute. That's how we ended our trip. So we stayed at Magic Kingdom until 2 p.m. that day. And then I had a 420 flight. And that was no that was no problem um, with the rental car. So I'll just end with like three quick tips. Um, and I think these have kind of run throughout the episode. Start early, like we did with rope dropping. Be flexible, 
especially when you have kids, you just kind of kind of roll with what works for them. Essentially, I had things planned for the full two days. And by noon on the first day, I changed all my plans. And, you know, it went great. Uh, He had a great time. I had a great time. And then the third tip, like I said, that rolling fourth fast pass that you get after you've used up your initial fast passes, which, by the way, I noticed at Hollywood Studios, I didn't even use all three. I didn't even pass the time of all three. I canceled my third fast pass and I was already able to get a new fast pass at a new park. But really, you want to do that at Magic Kingdom because you can get fast passes all day at Magic Kingdom um, just because there's so many rides there. So yeah, it was a it was a great trip. Uh, we had a lot of fun. My son and I really bonded and you know it was a blast. I kind of wish we had a longer trip because I'd still be there right now. But instead, I'm back to the cold, dreary New England weather. Well, it does sound like a great trip, Joe. So glad you glad you got to take it. And thanks for sharing it with us. Why don't you close us out with a Disney do or don't? Yeah, so my Disney do is... I rented a car and I haven't talked a lot about that. So in case you don't know, I would just really suggest using the website autoslash.com. What you can do is you can give that website either a car rental you've already made, or you can ask it to search for car rentals for you. But what they'll do is they'll email you periodically every time the price drops. Um, And so it came out to, I was going to pay $85 for a three-day car rental which was awesome, but I ended up returning the car early because we left early, like I said. So I only ended up paying like $55 and it was great. Um, Auto Slash found me that rate. It had started at like 140 and it dropped all the way to 85 over the course of just the two weeks between when I first booked the car. So autoslash.com, check it out. It works really well. There's a lot of other nuances that you can do with it, but the bottom line is using that can really save you on car rental if you're renting a car. Agreed. Great tip, Joe. All right, well, that about wraps it up. Leslie, thanks for stepping into the hosting chair. Next episode, we will talk about some of the experiences at Disney World that have changed, kind of working off of the new stuff in 2019. Some of that's already out there. So uh, until then, Leslie, I will see you on social media. Thanks, Joe. today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.